It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about living and loving in the gaps of life. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davison. We are in studio today, and uh, we are excited about where we are right now with Love Talk. And we are um, we thank you for joining us and uh, the, here at the Bridge, and we're building bridges of love and leadership. And uh, joining us today is our sweet friend, uh, Lady. Miss Lady, Miss Carrie Brigader. <laughs> Hello, Miss Evelyn. How are you today? Well, I am worked out. <laughs> I know. You've had a big week with National Day of Prayer going on all week, and what an amazing week it's been. We also have on the line our wonder-filled Miss Kathy Enderbrock. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Evelyn. It's great to be with you, ladies. It has been an incredible week, an incredible time in our nation. I'm so glad that we're able to uh, kind of bookend this and be able to be together today with you. Absolutely. Living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life, Miss Evelyn. That's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks here on Love Talk with the Love Ladies. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph today in the Old Testament book of of Genesis chapters 37 through 50 and what an amazing story this is so our key verse for today is humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time and that's exactly what he did with Joseph that's from first Peter verse 5 or chapter 5 verse 6 I I look forward to the show today as we get into the life of Joseph and all the many things that he did and how God allowed Joseph to be his appointed person to stand in the gap in God's perfect appointed place so Miss Kathy what's uh, what's going on with you uh, you know, it has just been busy with uh, we're kind of finishing up our annual Bible study, which we started last September, walking through the book of Acts. Mm. That has been so much fun. And girls are getting ready for their um, end of school year. Aaliyah, who is uh, a junior this year, she has her junior thesis. And mm. um, so she has been doing a thesis around it's uh, her thesis title is called killing death putting the fear of god into american christians Ooh. and uh it has been such a journey for me to go through this thesis with her and because i didn't agree with her thesis topic when she very first started it it you know it was basically saying that american christians do not fear god but instead we fear death and that we are just immersing ourselves in the pleasure culture of America in order to avoid even the thought of death because we fear it so much. And I completely disagreed with her. I was like, honey, okay, go ahead and do the thesis, but I think you're wrong. I think you're going to find that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I have learned so, so much. And it's really forced me to take a really honest look at myself. And so I love that we're doing this um, journey through the gaps of life and trying to, you know, want to step and be God's appointed person in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. You have to take a really mm-hmm. good look at yourself and where you're at and, and ask the Lord, Lord, am I someone that you can use? And the answer, ladies, friends, listening friends, it is always yes. God can always use us. We need only be willing. And so, you know, with the National Day of Prayer, it really opens us up to this whole understanding that we are in a battle for the heart of our nation today, for the heart of our people today. 
And so, listening friends, I've been asking myself, and I want to ask you, where is your heart today? Uh, has the enemy of Easter been on the attack in your life? Are you heartbroken? Are you gripped by fear or numb and uncertain? Uh, there are so many gaps that we see all around us, and we want to step into that gap for you today. And so, like Carrie said, we are going to take a look at the this very special man in history, uh, Joseph, that you can go and grab your Bibles, turn over to Genesis chapter 37, uh, and you can follow along with us. Um, but before we do step into God's Word, you know, there's been amazing people all over our nation that have been stepping into the gap this week, especially right here in Austin, Texas. Evelyn, I saw that picture of you <laughs> and Governor Greg Abbott at that national prayer breakfast, and I heard that there were some confessions of faith there. What was that all about? Well, it was a little unusual uh, this year, Kathy. You know, you can plan, and, and we've done this. Now, this was our 25th anniversary of doing a breakfast on National Day of Prayer. And for the governor of Texas, it was the 23rd. We had we did two years prior to, uh, we just called it the Texas Prayer Breakfast. And when George W. Bush was elected, uh, we already had the program planned. And everything was lovely. And the phone rang, and it was George W. Bush. And he <laughs> said, I want to come to that breakfast you're having. And I said, well, we'd be happy to have you. He said, and I want to speak. I said, oh, oh. <laughs> so we had to reframe the whole program, and he he issued a proclamation. He had us come to the Capitol for a public signing, and it was a new turn for the great state of Texas to have a leader that believed in God and believed that people ought to be praying and seeking his leadership and blessing the leadership of the of the the people that we have, those people that are serving us. And so it this has been this was a really special time. But we had a couple of hitches, you know, always do. One was Jimmy Gregory, who is our master of ceremonies and co chairman. Uh, has a back problem, and he was having some difficulty. And so we had Ed Horn step in and take Jimmy's place uh, for the opening. And, you know, Ed, uh, Kathy, he's so funny. Uh, he got us off to a really good start, and then um, I was able to do my part of the program. And then we came back, and at the very end, after Don Piper spoke, and Don was absolutely brilliant in his presentation. He is a uh, was a young man that was pastoring a church down in the mm, uh, South South Asia around Houston area, and uh, he was run over by eighteen wheeler, and he uh, just stopped breathing, and they just they they pronounced him dead, and he says that the Lord just came to him, and he saw the Lord, and during that time, another pastor came through. And said, I want to go pray for that man. And they said, well, no, it's, you know, it's no reason doing that. He's not, he doesn't have any life left. And Don said, no, I want to. I mean, the man said, no, I want to go pray for him. What's his name? And so they told him. And he went in and began to pray. The guy, and Don began to really breathe, breathe deeply. And, and life just really came back. But he said, I actually, you know, he visualized during that period of time. And I'm not sure how long it was heaven and what heaven was like and so he you know he has this book 90 minutes in heaven and 
he was just brilliant in his approach. Gene Benner and I were talking about that earlier this morning. So that kicked it off really well. And then in the end, Jimmy Gregory came back, and he did the closing and issued an invitation for anyone that wanted to go to heaven and experience that thrill of hope that heaven offers us to, you know, talk with one of the counselors. And so it was a different breakfast. It was none, not one that we just programmed out and said, Lord, this is what you're going to do. It's what he did that showed us what we need to do. Wow. What a great week it has been. Uh, Miss Evelyn, you've been so instrumental through the years with everything National Day of Prayer. You've been involved with National Day of Prayer for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And what what a blessing that is and what a week it has been. We, uh, had, we had an event just uh, also at Camp Mabry and we had Rick Randall speak. And Rick is the chief chaplain advisor and instructor for the police department of Texas. And I tell you, he brought the house down to the, that day. It was just so amazing how he spoke to those uh, first responders who were there. And, we, and the room was full. And, mm. and then, you know, the, the state capital event is always very, very special. Uh, so this is a week across America when people pause and get on their knees or stand on their feet and applaud God, according to Psalm 100, which says, on your feet now, stand up and applaud God, for God is God. God is God. And he hears, and he listens, and he does things for us as we do that. Wow. Well, you know, our focus this year for National Day of Prayer was Unity, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, Ephesians 4.3. What, uh, what a wonderful time it's been. Well, Miss Kathy, we have a, just a couple of minutes before our break. We have a couple of minutes before our break. I'd like you to set up, uh, you know, our, our chat on Joseph. Oh, okay. I, I will, get, I will get into this. So, we are we're we're pretty good at seeing the needs around us, right? I mean, we can we can turn the news on, we hear stories, situations um, that we'd all like to be different than they are. I mean, we see these gaps, and um, we see what should be some way, one way, but is most decidedly entirely a different way altogether. We see devastation of families from pornography. We see abortion rates of Uh babies exceeding birth rates for certain minorities in inner cities. We see sex trafficking as the new slave trade and kids going hungry at school because their parents at home crippled with an opioid addiction. I mean, reality can be so overwhelming. And we know that we have our listening friends out there. I have have girlfriends. They are just overwhelmed with life. And so this is what we love about our God is that he is never overwhelmed. He (laughs) always has a way to get things back on track and we want to get things back on track. And, And so he is simply calling for people to step forward and be willing to step into the gap. And so we are going to step into that gap today um, and be gap fillers, and we're, that's that's what we're going to get into with the life of Joseph. Awesome. He is, like you said, simply calling for people to step forward and be willing to step into the gap to be God's appointed person, standing in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. I tell you what, listening friends, when we come back from our break, we are going to look at the life of Joseph 
beginning in Genesis chapter 37, uh, but Joseph is an interesting character. He didn't start out, you know, well, he probably started out like most of us, kind of being um, a teenager, you know, squirrely at times. From an upper family. Well, yes, he was he was privileged, and he had a lot of brothers, and things started to go a little bit awry, and people started getting jealous. So listening friends, when we return, we will continue talking about God's appointed person and standing in God's appointed place, the gaps of life, when we return right here on Love Talk. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better Better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to The Bridge Austin, and we are so happy that you have found the love ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader. Of course, we have the lovely and talented Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and on the line with us, our beautiful friend Kathy Enderbrock. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about God's appointed person in God's appointed place, the gaps of life. And friends... You know that I, as well as I do, that, uh, boy, those gaps can be difficult sometimes. And I pray every day for the Lord to fill in the gaps in places where I am woefully inadequate. And, Kathy, today we are talking about Joseph. Introduce us to Joseph. 
Oh, okay. So I, I love Joseph, and I, I want to just set the stage here for all of our, our listening friends. We are not talking about Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus in the New Testament. This is Joseph, the son of Jacob in the Old Testament. Now, when we look at the life of Joseph, we are still within 90 years or so of the beginning of Judaism, that very first covenant God made with Abraham. So when we look at the primary forefathers of Judaism and consequently Christianity, we generally talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Joseph was the son of Jacob. So, um, And then Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So Abraham was Joseph's great-grandfather, if you will. Um, and so Abraham was that man that God chose to establish the nation of Israel and ultimately raise up a Savior for mankind, Jesus Christ. And so this afternoon we have the privilege of stepping into the history of our faith really somewhat near its religious birthplace. So very exciting to go into this area of scripture. Now, the story of Joseph is really breathtaking and it's fantastically relatable. I think that all of us, Miss Evelyn made a great point that especially for men listening to the program, there are there Joseph Joseph went through so many things in his life that he's so relatable especially for men and I think this is a, a great person to look at to see how to handle some of these adversities you know his life begins kind of with the common family problems he had a big family some jealousy going on he's raised by parents who love and follow God and then he experiences devastating betrayal his brothers betray him, and Kathy's going to get into that a little bit more here in a minute. You know, uh, hello, can can any of you guys relate to any of this? I, I Absolutely. Instead of growing bitter, Joseph chooses to grow close to God. And, and Joseph could have definitely gone the other way. He could have allowed himself to become vi- a victim of circumstance. But instead, he chose something very, very different. When we experience betrayal, what what do we choose? Do we choose a victim's mentality and choose to grow bitter? Or do we choose to look to God to see, okay, God, what what on earth are you doing here? (laughs) And how is this going to work for good? God grows Joseph up, he gets him ready, and he gives him a bigger life than he could have ever imagined. When we grow close to God, life always has a way of getting much bigger than we expected because we can't even imagine what God has in store for us because God's ways are not our ways. And my little tiny brain cannot even begin to grasp all the wonderful things that God has in store for me if I'll just get out of the way. Like like Miss Evelyn always says, if I'll just show up for duty. And that's what Joseph ended up doing. Joseph is probably known by more titles than almost any other character in the Bible besides Jesus, right? And a lot of these also have very similar characteristics to some of the names that we call Jesus Christ as well. You may hear some of these. Favorite son, (laughs) savior, a resurrected ruler. But here are some that are maybe a little um, 
I guess, more explanatory of Joseph. He was a spoiled little brother. (laughs) (laughs) The robe wearer, his father treated him very special. Kathy's Mm going to get into that. He was a dreamer. Can any of you guys relate to that, being a dreamer? He was a trusted manager. He was a prisoner. He was second in command. Then he was a slave. He was also an object of desire, unwanted desire on his part. And he was a dream teller. Oh, Kathy, tell us about the first uh, few years of, or the first 20 or so years of Joseph's life. Okay, yeah, I think that's a really great thing to do is to step into it 20 years at a time because, you know, big changes took place kind of each 20 years with Joseph. So, like you said, he had 11 brothers. Now, he was next to the youngest. He he did have a younger brother, Benjamin, um, but he was definitely uh, treated with uh, great privilege. Now, he was the favorite of all of the sons because um, his mother had a very special relationship with, with him. And now his his father Jacob, Joseph, Jacob excuse me, um, and you alluded to this earlier. Because Jacob was a favorite, excuse me, because Joseph was a favorite. Jacob gave him a very special robe. It was, and um, you, we even saw Hollywood a Broadway show about this. It was called Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors. Mm-hmm. I think Donny Osmond was Joseph in that. Anyway, so Jacob, his father, gave Joseph this very special robe. And put Joseph in a place of authority over his brothers that his birth order did not give him the right to assume. And so Joseph then, uh, showing no humility whatsoever, would go and report back to his father on his brother's misbehaviors. So we could also add tattletale to <laughs> one of those uh, titles that, that you listed for us there because he was a tattletale. And um, and then we get uh, something else very unique about Joseph in his younger years that kind of are telling of his character. He had uh, dreams, two dreams in particular that we find in Scripture and that he is going to rule over all of his brothers and even his parents. And so Joseph, rather than keeping it to himself, he boasts about these dreams to everyone. So, spoiled brother, tattletale, favorite son, uh, boastful and bragging. Can anyone see anything possibly going sideways here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is that's not really a great start. Is that someone God can really use? Uh, I believe that it is because God finds a way to use all of us, again, if we just get out of the way and show up for duty. So the second 20 years of Joseph's life become a little, some hard times for Joseph. All of Joseph's brothers gang up on him and they plan to kill him, Miss Evelyn. And one suggests instead of killing him, that they just go ahead and just sell him into slavery. Get something out of him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some money off of this mm-hmm. guy. Instead of, instead of not Instead of just killing him, throwing him down in a hole, let's get some money off of this guy. So that's exactly what they do. They sell him into slavery um, just by some passing caravan that is going into, that is heading to Egypt. And they get about 20 shekels of silver for him, which is roughly equivalent to the value of what Jesus was sold for in his day. 
Um, another similarity there to Jesus. They take his beautiful robe because they're so incredibly jealous of him. They smear it with the blood of a goat and they take it to their father Jacob and they say, ah, Joseph's been eaten by a wild animal. I wonder if they could even dredge up any type of emotion there or if they were just kind of matter of fact about it. I, I Big you know. brothers tattling on little ones. Yeah. And Every so, family has one. Might oh, be yeah. Boys, might be girls. Absolutely, right? And so they go and they lie to their dad. I mean, not only did they sell their brother into slavery, and they have really, they don't care what's going to happen to him, but now they go and they lie to their father. So in one day, Joseph's world turned absolutely upside down. He goes from a life of privilege to penniless. He moves from having a family to having no one. And he moves from being a dreamer to a dust eater. Boy, Kathy, how can it possibly get any worse? <laughs> yeah, can, can anyone relate? I mean, how many people's lives have been turned upside down by, you know, that phone call or walking into the employer's office for that a meeting that you didn't actually have on your calendar or uh, just a news that you didn't want to hear that day or, um, you know, being in such a slave to debt that it finally gets the best of you and you're about to lose your house. I mean, you're, you know, when you're, when you're, when your life turns upside down, you think this cannot possibly get any worse. And so we get to see what Joseph did. I'd be ready to give up. I'd be ready to go get in bed pull the covers over over my head and just, you know, want things to want the world to stop. But what we, we see here with Joseph is that he he turns to God. He doesn't he doesn't step into that role of victim. He doesn't get bitter. But when he has no strength left, he turns to God and relies on God to be his strength. And that is the same privilege that we get as children of God. And so we know in the Bible, we know that this is true because in the Bible, James 4, 8 tells us, it assures us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so in two places in Genesis, in Genesis 39, 2 and in Genesis 39, 23, it, uh, it, it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. Mm-hmm. So Joseph turned to God. God drew near to Joseph. Now, Joseph gets bought by an officer of the of Pharaoh, a, a high-ranking officer of the Pharaoh in Egypt. His name is Potiphar. And God blesses Joseph's hard work and in Potiphar's house, and he gets put in charge of the entire household. And then we uh, see Potiphar's wife. <laughs> trouble so, calling. Yeah, big trouble. So she steps in, and she tries to seduce Joseph, and he resists. Her advances. Now, Joseph could have stepped into this relationship and know what would have been the, the, the wiser because Joseph had total say over all of, of Potiphar's household. But Joseph resists her advances and runs like flees from the house. Now, she's pretty, Potiphar's wife is pretty upset. You know, she's not used to getting turned down. She's a pretty good looking woman and she's used to getting her way. So she lies and says that Joseph attacked her and tried to seduce her and so Potiphar then throws Joseph in prison and so now we see 
Joseph thinking, initially, could life have gotten any worse? But now, instead of a slave, he's not even at the level of a slave, but now worse. He's a prisoner. And so Joseph turned to God, and things turned out worse. Instead of being a slave, now he's a prisoner. And so I want to get into this. Evelyn, I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us on this. When we turn to God, do things always get better? Well, we will find the answer to that question when we return to Love Talk right after these messages. Hi, this is John Cotner, and you know, we all can use some happiness, some hope, and humor in our lives. I'm talking about the Good News Journal, published by Evelyn Davison. Well, the Good News Journal is free, and you can pick it up at locations across Central Texas like HEB, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, and churches, and it comes out every three months. Now, advertisers and writers interested in having an article published should call 512-249-6535. The Good News Journal, providing good news for the greater Austin and surrounding areas for 23 years. And now with more than 66,000 in circulation. Go to goodnewsjournal.net. That's goodnewsjournal.net. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud Proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to The Bridge Austin, and you found the love ladies. And remember, you can always find us online. You can find us on our Facebook page. You can also find us at thelovetalknetwork.com. And we'd be happy to chat with you. We'd be happy to talk with you. And you can find our archives there at lovetalknetwork.com and listen to our old shows. If you'd like to listen to any of these shows on the gaps of life, it, they are there and ready for you to find. Today we are talking about Joseph. Boy, Miss Evelyn, Joseph, you know, he got sold into slavery by his brothers. He went from having pretty much everything he ever wanted at his fingertips to basically having nothing. And he was sold to Potiphar, who was a, a pharaoh. And he, I tell you what, Miss Evelyn, he worked. He didn't get bitter. He just worked. 
And Pharaoh put, or Potiphar put him in a high command. But Potiphar's wife steps mm. in. And that little wily creature, and she tries to seduce Joseph. And like you said at the break, that would have been very enticing for many. Um, and she, you know what? Nobody probably would have ever known because Joseph was in charge of everything in the household. But instead, Joseph continued to seek God's face, Miss Evelyn, and he knew this was wrong, mm-hmm. and he fled. He literally left the household so that she would stop pursuing him. I can only imagine how persistent she was. Now, he's not even... Now, Pot- now then Potiphar's wife gets mad, of course. She's, you know, jilted. Yeah. And rejected. she's rejected. And she makes up a story and tells Potiphar that Joseph came on to her. And so... Potiphar throws him in jail, and now he is even lower than a slave. He's Mm -hmm. a prisoner. Miss Evelyn, Joseph did everything right. He turned to God. He looked at him for the answers, and things just got worse. I thought everything was supposed to be better after we turned to God. How, How do we reconcile this? You know, sometimes we build our own prisons. You know, he was in jail. And sometimes when trouble comes or we've not met the expectations of others or we've been accused of things that we didn't do, uh, there has to be a respite time. There has to be a time of looking at the involvement that we've had in maybe the process of that happening Mm. or even that we, you know, reached out for it, did something. And that's different than if we were totally innocent of a charge. And we are expecting God to deliver us like he did the children. You know, he, he, rolled, the red, he rolled the river back. He rolled mm-hmm. the, the, the lake back, the ocean back. And they escaped. But when you're in a prison, it's a different story. And so there was one really exciting thing about Joseph, though. He was in a literal prison without any physical help for getting out. His brothers had turned against him. He had pleaded with God to take care of him, and, and this had happened. So what did he do? He had to wait out the time. And sometimes that's just what we do. We can't fix our own problems. We have to wait till God gets the setup ready. And we know that Joseph, something really important happened to Joseph during that time. His heart changed. Hmm. He began to listen more and seek more. And wait to see, you know, what it was that God had for him. He had rejected what evil presented. And that was a devil detail. You know, every day I get up and I say, you know, like we had some issues this week. And and, and the person that was involved was just crucified. I mean, just crushed over it. And I said, honey, don't worry about that. That's a DD. She said, what's a DD? Devil's details. He will do anything to get you off course, to to take away your hope, take away your joy. And so even in the prison, I think that was a very productive time for Joseph because he gets another test shortly after that. Well, we choose how we use that time, right, Miss Evelyn? I mean, he was sitting in a gap at that point in time. He was... In a place um, where he needed to continue to look to God for the Mm -hmm. answers. You know, Joseph 
<laughs> in his in his life after he got sold into slavery, he received more than he ever asked for. You know, he was the second in command. Mm-hmm. And with that came a lot of responsibility. And Kathy, you know, we, we briefly talked about this that you know, sometimes when you're receiving a lot of responsibility, you get a little bit more than you asked for, and maybe not in a good way. And those temptations were there, and, and there were things that were going on all around him. And he had to continue to just have a narrow focus and say, okay, Lord, I'm looking to you, I'm looking to you, I'm looking to you. But by refusing the advances of Potiphar's wife, he did prove to be faithful to God. So could he show himself faithful to God when things got worse. Yeah. You know? What happens when, when, yeah, you're, I, when you're in a prison, and, and I'm not talking about a physical prison. I'm talking about sometimes it's, it's, it's a bad habit. Yeah. Sometimes it's greed. You know, the, all of these things come in, and the expectation that God owes me something. Mm. And we all deal with those things. Yeah. And for two years... What the hell happened to Joe? He had no responsibility. He had no way of making a living. They fed him every day and gave him plenty of water. And sometimes that's the desert. You know, Moses went through that. And so when we look at our life, we cannot measure God's proportion for us based on what we feel or what we see or what we put in our hands. And sometimes it does take a prison, not, you know, the stakes and things that put us in a prison. But in that time set or mindset when we are the number one person in our thought system. And there now is a new, there's not a new ministry, but there's a ministry that says, I am second. It's the I am second ministry. What does that mean? It means that I'm not putting my first self in first place. I'm putting the Lord Jesus there, and I'm going to look to him and follow him and do what it is that he said. And so without all of my public desires or private desires, I'm going to be faithful to watch and look and see what it is God has for me instead of what we dream up in our mind. So I am I'm second means the Lord is first in our life. No matter and what. Most, I mean, Joseph learned that mm-hmm. because God brought delivery. He did. You know, Matthew ten twenty eight says, Do not fear him who can take your life, but fear God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. God's ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55, 9. And I tell you what, Joseph learned that real quick. So, Kathy, he was in prison for two years. And what happened? Uh, okay. Now, so we know that incredible things happened in prison because we see uh, a very mature Joseph who is going to be able to go and talk to uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt. Now, previously he had been in Potiphar's house, who was an officer of Pharaoh. Um, but in, in two years, and it could be a little bit more than two years, but we do know it was at least two years in this incredible turn of an event uh, of events and i would encourage all of our listening friends go read genesis 40 and 41 and see what god does because it's very clearly god's hand it could come no other way but joseph as he is faithful to god in prison god grows him 
grows him in wisdom, grows him in faithfulness, grows him in capabilities. And and in at least two years then, he takes him out of prison and puts him before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh places him second in charge over all of Egypt, like the entire Egyptian empire. Joseph goes from being a prisoner to second in charge. And it's exactly like you guys were talking about, that he learned how to be second. He, he learned that that second place is the best place to be. And, and I think this is so critical for us as, as we want to step into that gap and be God's appointed person in God's appointed place. You know, we really need to know that the place to stand is in second place, knowing that God is the only one who can rightfully stand in first place. And um, so as we step into this God's appointed person standing in God's appointed place to achieve God's appointed purposes, his purposes for Joseph are going to be mind-blowing. Um, and I know we still have a little bit of time left here, Carrie, and, and um, I don't know if we have time to step into finding out ultimately what that purpose was all about. Well, I tell you what, you know, it, it it's... I. It's worth revisiting here the I Am yes. Second Ministry, and I would encourage our listeners to go to the website and look up the I Am Second Ministry because, you know, it's exactly what Joseph did. Joseph said, okay, here I am. I'm going to be second. Not only was he standing second to God, but he was standing second in in a very prestigious household. And so it's it's not um, a place where... It it comes with um, doubts, right? Like Joseph, he knew he was the man, but he continued to put himself second to God. And I remember the first time I saw one of these bracelets, I it, I actually had a recruit on campus at Southwestern, and her dad had on that I am second bracelet. And I just asked him, I said, you tell me what, what that mm-hmm. means. And I... I figured I knew what it meant, but I I wanted to hear him say it, too, and just confirm what I thought. And sure enough, you know, he said, Carrie, this just reminds me when I look at it that I I need to continue to put God first in my life. And then things things naturally fall into order for me. God is first. And then my family is second. And then everything else is after that. Right. And he said, you know, my my job, my friends, all of that comes after God and comes after my family. And this ministry has just it's just exploded over the years. So I'd encourage our listeners to take a look at the I Am Second Ministry website and to go on there um, since we are talking about Joseph. Now, when we return from our break, we'll listen to the rest of the story, and that might be familiar to some of our listeners. Um, we, we'll see what what happened in the next 20 years of Joseph's life? How did God use him? Was there reconciliation? Did he find his his biological family? What are the things that God did in Joseph's life? And we'll look at verses in the at the end of Genesis, Genesis 43, uh, chapters 43 and 45. You will find out the answers to all of these questions when we return to Love Talk right here on the bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn. 
Pastor First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jennertown. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. And welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Joseph. And we're finding out the rest of the story with Joseph. Now, Kathy, here we go. Joseph has been in prison for two years. And um, through an amazing turn of events in Genesis 40 and 41, Joseph becomes second in charge of all of Egypt, we're looking at a guy who was sold into slavery by his brothers, kind of pulled himself up by his bootstraps, um, looked to God for answers, then got thrown into prison, and then all of a sudden God delivers him through a source of dreams and visions and all of these kind of supernatural God things. And here he is, second in charge of all of Egypt. What happens for the next 20 years, the rest of the story? Okay. Well, so it has been 20 years. So Joseph is now solidly somewhere within in, in his 40s or so. And so he, has not, he hasn't seen his brothers in, in over 20 years from the time that they actually sold him into slavery. And, um, and we find ourselves in the middle of a great famine. It, it struck the entire country and affected the country as far away as his brothers. I mean, 
everyone was running out of food. His whole family was facing starvation, and they heard there was food stored up in Egypt. You see, because God had appointed uh, Joseph into this position, into second in command, Joseph was God's appointed person standing in God's appointed place. Joseph knew that famine was coming. Before that famine had come, there had been seven years of great prosperity, and Joseph had saved up all of the food from that previous seven years to last through the seven years of drought. No one else had. So Egypt uh, became basically the supplier of food for the entire countryside, all the surrounding peoples. And um, so Joseph's brothers came to Egypt in, in, in this beautiful turn of events. And um, and so we get to see God bringing um, Joseph's brothers back to him. They don't they don't recognize him. You know, of course, it's been 20 years. And Joseph, of, of course, is in full Egyptian makeup. So they have no idea who they're talking to. <laughs> but in this in this beautiful, compassionate, um, honest turn of events, Joseph's brothers come to this incredible place of repentance for all that they had done to their younger brother. And um, I would just encourage our friends to read through these chapters because Mm -hmm. after Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, the family completely fell apart. I mean, his brothers moved away. I mean, it just completely fell apart because of what they had done. And yet we see God restores everything he restores the family he um after his brothers come to this incredible place of repentance then uh it it is revealed to them joseph reveals to them that he is still alive and and god reconciles this family and not only saves everyone from starvation but then provides a land for the whole family to Mm -hmm. settle and grow in egypt and consequently, then, so this is all of Jacob's family, all of Joseph's brothers and sisters, 12 brothers. They become the 12 tribes of Israel. And um, God plants them in this nation of Egypt to become the nation of Israel that we get, that, that, that we know today. And um, and then, you know, the next the next uh, step in the story happens in about another uh, 400 years and, and all of our listening friends can go into Exodus and that's a whole other story. But this only was possible because Joseph was willing to step into the gap, be God's appointed person in God's appointed place and achieve God's appointed purpose of uh, basically saving Israel. And so when life got difficult for Joseph, he did not give up. He did not grow bitter. Instead, he chose to grow close to God. And then God grew Joseph up from a spoiled boisterous brat into a faithful capable ruler and carrie i mean just thinking about that how would you say that god actually achieved that how did he grow joseph up oh well i would say that this gives hope to every excuse me every parent of a teenager (laughs) (laughs) right right girls absolutely right i mean you know we're going through these times where at times they're spoiled they're bratty they they they're sassy they they you know, they, they just don't know how good they have it, right? And 
This gives hope. You know, Jacob's father, he tried to grow Joseph into a, a man prematurely. He he was giving him prestige and privilege and power that wasn't gained. It wasn't earned. Um, he just had a favor for Joseph, and he he tried to do these things prematurely. But God grew Joseph through different means. God grew Joseph through service, through self-control, and through suffering. And I, I would encourage all of our listening friends, if you do have teenagers, um, there's a book called Do Hard Things. It's written by brothers Brett and Alex Harris. And for whenever they were teenagers, they actually took this book on tour and they would do conferences and things. But they're they're grown now, and uh, they have a website with the conferences that are, they're taped, and you know you can mm-hmm. watch them. Um, but this book talks about doing hard things that will help us mature. They will help us um, have a backbone. They will help us be strong in our faith as we as we do hard things. And, you know, Jacob's dad didn't necessarily want Joseph to have to do hard things to give him power and prestige. But God knew that in order for Joseph to fulfill <clears throat> the things that he wanted him to do and needed him to do, that Joseph was going to have to go through some service and some self-control issues and some suffering, Miss Evelyn. You know, through the service, Joseph grew a heart of humility. I mean, that was pretty much what he did. Yes. His whole adult life was he served others. He was second in command. He served people. He he found a way to stockpile the food so that he could serve the community. He could serve the area around him because he knew that that um that famine was coming. That also took self-control, Miss Evelyn, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take this food. We're going to store it. We're going to keep it, keep it safe. We're going to store it in a way where it's still going to be usable. That takes a lot of self-control to not just rifle through all of that food and use it frivolously. Also, to have self-control whenever Potiphar's wife was making those advances. Wow. We don't see a lot of self-control being practiced in our society today. It is really something that we have to teach our kids and we have to teach ourselves because we're in such a, a fast food mentality. You know, I want it now. I can just go to Amazon and get it. Yes. Right? I can click buy now and I can have it on my doorstep tomorrow. So all of these things, you know, for us are are things that we have to be aware of that we that we have to understand and come to a place of reckoning. Now, he also went through some suffering, Miss Evelyn. He was thrown in prison. Miss Evelyn, I, you know, give us some examples of how God has brought you through times of suffering. Well, when you get 87 years old, it take 100 years to tell a story. <laughs> You know, I think probably one of the greatest um, uh, times was during World War II when my dad was uh, mm, inducted into the Navy and we had to just give up everything Mm -hmm. and move to the country where my grandparents lived. And it it was such a major, major shock to us because we, you know, my dad had done well for us as a family. you know, I can name a hundred things that we had that the neighbors didn't have. And it was a major shock. 
But I want to know. I mean, I want to. I want to say that it, it probably was the molding year of my life because it made me come to the point of reasoning that you know he might not always be here. He might not come back. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And it was the school teacher that saw that in me and began to bring me to the recognition that uh, I couldn't control it, that only God had a plan, and that we need to wait to see what that was, and as he revealed it. And sometimes when you're suffering, you don't see the end of the pain, the, the end of the problem. But there's always an answer, when because we know that he comes first. And, and, and the other thing is the thrill of hope of heaven. You know, this is not all there is, uh, Carrie. We are in a lifestyle that prepares us for the real lifestyle, where we live under the sunshine, the S-O-N shine, and not just, uh, you know, coming in and going up the dark clouds of worry and things. So, Wow. Kathy, we've got exactly two minutes. Can you help us wrap this show up today as we finish up Joseph and God's appointed person? I would love to. I I think ultimately, as you know, we look at these um, principles of of growing up and and, 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 and stepping into that role as God's appointed person in the gaps that we see all around us. We cannot shy away from service. We um, need to step into self-control and exercise it and practice it and grow in it. And we can't shy away from suffering, from those difficult things, those things that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. for us that we would rather not do. Those are some of the places of our greatest growth that God would have for us. And we need to remember, just like um, that we see so many of the similarities between uh, Joseph and, and Jesus, we need to remember that ultimately uh, Jesus is God's appointed person revealed to us and that Jesus is in the gap with us with all of us um and and he delights to stand in that gap for us he fulfills God's plan uh for man he uh, provides a way for us to have that relationship with God and Jesus fills every need in our lives we don't have to go um, somewhere else to find love. We don't have to go somewhere else to find value. We don't have to go somewhere else to find purpose. We can find it in Jesus Christ, in God who loves mm-hmm. us. And um, all we need to do is we accept him. We believe that he loves us. We commit our life and, and our love to him, and he will deliver us through the good times and the bad times because he is always faithful he is always faithful um and he has an eternity of love before each of us friends we have enjoyed today with you evelyn carrie i've enjoyed spending today with you friends if you'd like to talk with us personally you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535 come visit us on lovetalknetwork.com we look forward to being with you again next week 